Yeah, I mean, I think everyone goes through that. No one starts out doing it perfectly. So I think that's where you have to be, everyone has to be honest with themselves and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can, but realize that you're going to make mistakes. There are millions of real estate investors out there, and most are stuck with just a couple of properties. They want financial freedom, but their small portfolio ends up costing them more in time, effort, and money than it's worth. Getting out of the rat race seems harder than ever. This show will help you do more deals, better deals, and bigger deals. Finally, you'll be able to reach your income and lifestyle goals. How? By attracting and leveraging private money partners and their capital. Now get ready to raise more money, because here's your host, Dave Dubow. Well, hey, folks, welcome back to the How to Raise Capital 101 show for real estate investors. Dave Dubow here. And today, zooming in from beautiful Canton, Massachusetts, which is just outside of Boston, we've got Mr. Sean Hewitt. And Sean is a real estate entrepreneur who's now into this full time. And he started off doing joint ventures, and now he's starting to move into the into the syndication space. But what I'm really interested in talking to Sean about is that he's he's getting it really dialed in with lead generation for potential investors, especially sophisticated and accredited type investors. So Sean, welcome to the show. Nice to nice to have you here. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So hey, how'd you get into this? Let's briefly go over your backstory. How'd you get into real estate investing? When did you start? What did you start with? And what have you built up to today? Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, come out of college, I was an engineering major. I went into construction management, was in kind of the corporate world for some large construction management companies in the beginning. Um, you know, this is around 2006 or so is when I first started being aware of like multifamily properties, of course, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's when I got the bug. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy my first place. So I bought a three three family in Tuckett, Rhode Island, which is probably about 45 minutes south of me right now. Yeah. Um, and so my idea was to live in one unit, rent the other two and, and everything. Well, house, house hacking. Yes, exactly. That was, that was probably before it was even known as house hacking. Yeah, that wasn't even a term back then. So <laughs> I guess I was I was a trendsetter without knowing it. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I bought it. Of course, if you know anything about the history of you know 2006, that's not the time to be buying because that was kind of the height of the market. And so really, it was a mistake that I made. Um, and quite in honesty, I didn't really know what I was doing at that point um, because I only was just getting started. And so, you know, that property, I actually learned a lot. I learned how to manage property. I learned how to, you know, deal with tenants, how to evict if you had to, had renovations, all that kind of stuff. So- that's Which is even a little bit more challenging because you're up close and personal with those folks. You're living in one of those units and evicting one of your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I didn't. I, I think I only did that when I first bought it. I didn't okay. have to do it when I was living there. But anyway, that's kind of where I started. And since then, I've gotten, you know, bought tons of properties in terms of multifamily. I still own probably, you know, 30 to 40 units here in Massachusetts. I've sold a bunch over the years. Um, just because the market's been so crazy. Um, but then we also are invested in two big deals down in Texas uh, near Baylor University. Those are about 150 units or so together. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at in terms of multifamily. And I've done everything from fixing and flipping to 
smaller multis to some bigger multi deals. So yeah, so you're starting to starting to move into that bigger multi deal, starting to go from the the joint venture type thing and into more of the syndication world. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, when I got started, you know, I didn't have any idea of how to raise money or do anything like that. So. And in the beginning, you know, I needed to find some investors for those early deals that I did. I ended up finding like a six-unit deal that I after that that three-family, and but I needed I needed money. I didn't have it, and so uh, that's when I first started that. You know, trying to find capital and try to raise capital. So what um, what did those what did those initial? I'm always curious about this because my initial kick of the can with raising capital was disastrous. Um, <laughs> fell flat on my face had a yeah. know, my face for a while embarrassed myself turned off a lot of really good potential investors because i was so clumsy i'm yeah. hoping that you had a a happier ending to your initial initial kick of the can yeah i mean i think everyone goes through that no one starts out doing it perfectly so i think that's where you have to be everyone has to be honest with themselves and say hey i'm, I'm going to do the best i can but realize that you're going to make mistakes so yeah um, in the beginning, what I did, of course, you do whatever you, every guru says. You talk with your friends and family. You talk with your local, you go to your local RIA, which is fine. But for me, I wasn't really getting that far in those avenues. I just didn't have enough of the connections. And so actually, I ended up joining a Toastmasters group. Um, and so I was trying to improve my speaking ability, public speaking ability. Um, and so at some of those, uh, you know, events, I would basically give these real estate talks, nice. right? Smart. And so my goal wasn't to sell people to invest with me, but the funny thing is that's what I did. Um, I ended up getting a few people that way. Hey, well, um, let's, let's unwrap that for a second, Sean, cause that, that is really, really smart. I am also a fellow Toastmaster, although mm-hmm. goodness knows I've been out of it since about ugh, 2000 and six, seven, something. It's a long time since I was a Toastmasters. Should probably go back for tune-up. But anyhow, amazing organization and great for learning those skills. But more importantly, you accidentally stumbled into something that, you know, when you're kind of just presenting and educating people Uh and showing your stuff that way indirectly, that's a very good way to attract people to you Versus what you tried at the beginning, what I tried at the beginning, which was pushing myself on them. Would, right. would, you, would you say that, I don't know, you might use different language, but is that what you kind of found? Yeah. Nowadays, that's my whole approach is, is to provide information and education. And then I let people weed themselves out, meaning the people that are going to be interested will step forward. The people that are not interested won't. Right. And so I only spend the time with the people that step forward and ask more questions or, or want to be involved. And I think yeah. in the beginning, that's where I made the mistake. Like you, I, I probably was aggressively pursuing people that probably never were going to invest with me anyway. So and you I, kind of I, have to. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you know, you might not have been like I was very clumsy about how I was going about doing it. I kind of unknowingly came across like a network marketer, an MLMer type person versus a, a real estate investor, which was not the yep. goal. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing that coming from the background of engineering and, and that sort of thing, are you more of an introvert or more of an extrovert? I mean, I'm more of an introvert naturally, but I can turn it on when I of need course. to. 
like yeah, anyone, I'm mean, not anyone, but that's kind of my skill set is that I, I, I'm good at presenting educational information because I can do it in a very logical way that people like, right? Because I, that's my background and, and a lot of people like that. So that's my strength that I use. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And what I always try to do and, and suggest to people as well is, yeah, educate, but also try to edutain a little bit. So it's educational yeah. and hopefully a little bit entertaining because uh-huh. if it's too heavy on the charts, graphs, numbers, and 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 all that kind of stuff, non-logical people, non-analytical people, their eyes tend to roll back in the back of their head and they, yeah. they shut down. So it's it's a finding of that fine balance. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. kind of what I do now is I have to I have to find ways to stay in touch with my network of potential investors. Yeah. And so that's how I do it. I stay in contact with them by providing more education, but I have to keep in mind that it's got to be fun. It's yeah. got to be. So I look for some pop culture thing going on, or I look for something in the world that people know about, right? Yeah. And then I try to connect it to real estate in some well, way. Well, that's cool. But well, what would be so? Are you more along the lines of the written word? Are you more into doing video stuff, images? What? Yeah. Or all of them, but what? Where's your strength lie? Yeah, I mean, right now, my what I do is I. I send out a weekly email to everybody in my network, my database. And that email is, like I said, the goal is to be educational. It's supposed to be fun in some way and, you know, just provide more opportunity for people. Um, And so the way I do that, for example, like when the Super Bowl was going on, I did a thing about Rihanna and how, oh, you know, you know, her performance and said, hey, did you realize that, you know, these TV ads cost $7 million for 30 seconds, right? Well, why would anyone pay that? And I talked about funnels and companies gaining customers and then related that to multifamily and finding investors and finding deals and all that kind all of thing. All right, so, yeah, that's that's pretty creative, you know, yeah. going all the way from Rihanna doing her thing on, on the <laughs> Super Bowl to tying that into multifamily investing. <laughs> yeah, you yep. got a creative mind there, my friend. That's that's. Yeah. Awesome. And then, so you're basically doing a weekly email. Some people might call that a newsletter, like e-zine, whatever. But that that idea. Do you put a lot of images in there, or is it yeah. so? It, it would be kind of a a newslettery type format. Then, yeah, I don't I don't use a newsletter format. I think that kind of can actually can turn people off. They, yeah. People get a ton of newsletters, right? So I just do like a big picture at the top, and maybe a little one at the bottom. And I'd make sure I use a lot of like bullets, points and stuff like that. Break it up, it easy there. to read. Yeah. Somebody can read the whole thing or they can just read the bullets and still get the idea of what I'm trying to say. So yeah, that's kind of how I've evolved. And make sure it's super easy to read on the phone, right? Because that's where most yep. people are going to be reading that. Smart. All right. So that's that's what you're doing to keep in touch with investor prospects. Sounds like you've got a pretty good process for generating these investor prospect leads what are you doing nowadays and well how did it transition from accidentally stumbling on this at toastmasters mm-hmm. and walk us through your progress and, and and show us what you're doing these days yeah so from toastmasters you know i continued to do that for a number of years not just toastmasters i also went to rias and stuff like that but me personally being more of an introvert i'm better at a one-on-one conversation with people i'm not great at like 20 to 1 i don't know it's just not not what I'm good at. And I realized that over time. So my focus now is 
what I do is I actually I set up a system where I go into LinkedIn or you can use any social media platform, but LinkedIn I like in particular because it's very business driven. Yeah. Um, you can also search people um, through LinkedIn to figure out, you know, you're not going to know their net worth or anything like that, but you can figure out their titles. And, and in my particular case, I look for like business owners. Mm-hmm. I look for, you know, doctors, dentists, lawyers, um, maybe not lawyers, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you, you get the idea. People yeah. that make, you know, have a pretty good income, but maybe that, don't have that, that you got a good idea. You got a best guess is they've got a pretty high net worth. They, they're probably going to be a sophisticated or a potentially an accredited type investor person. Exactly. And I, I searched them out. What a lot of people don't know in LinkedIn, um, there's the, there's a, a feature in there called, it's called sales navigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually have to pay for it. Um, it's the way that LinkedIn makes the money, but you know, we use it for basically doing just that. We do a search and, and we put in our criteria. And like I said, I just use the criteria I mentioned, but I also put in like, um, my location, Massachusetts. Right. Sometimes I'll put in my alma mater where I went to college. You know, all those things. You want to have a some kind of commonality with the person mm-hmm. because remember, at least in my instance, I'm reaching out cold. Right. They don't know me. Um, so I have to have something in connection with them for them to even be willing to read my message. Right. Um, and so that's what I suggest if people want to try that method as well. Um, you know, you do need to have a commonality and then reach out and be honest and say, Hey, you know, I, I just saw you. I thought, you know, I thought you're, you know, what you're doing is interesting work. We have some commonality and we both live in Massachusetts. We're in engineering majors or whatever. Um, and you know, this is what I'm doing in real estate. Have you, you know, do you have any interest or have you ever pursued anything in this line? And yeah, you'll get a bunch of people that say no, or not interested, but like anything in a sales funnel, if you do enough of them, they'll mm-hmm. funnel down to, you know, you'll start booking appointments. Okay. Um, so this, this is interesting, Sean, because yeah, I've, I've looked at a whole bunch of LinkedIn type stuff and taken some training around this and even, even kind of scratched the surface myself with this. Um, and, and I like what you're doing because you're, uh, some people are saying, Hey, you know what, send out that connection request and, you know, it's all about trying to be warm and fuzzy at the beginning and, and whatever, but, but it sounds like, and then gradually work into talking about real estate. I kind of like your approach better because quite frankly, especially on LinkedIn, everybody's there to make business connections. That's the whole purpose of LinkedIn. It's not to share what we had for lunch yesterday. Right. So um, I kind of like that you're, you're, just so you're sending a connection request and you're direct messaging them right there in LinkedIn with quite a long message with a little bit of personalization at the beginning with whatever your commonality is. Yeah. And then you're getting right into your, you know, real estate spiel and just trying to find out if they're interested in that. Yeah. That's my only goal for that message is, are you even interested in this type of idea? Do you have a, have you, and that's it. And some Perfect. people will look at it and say immediately, no. Yeah. And then other people will say, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm kind of interested. What else? And that's my next step is I follow up with them and say, all right, great. Can we set up a 15 minute uh, quick, like virtual coffee on Zoom? That's nice. what I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a 15 minute Zoom call with them. 
Yeah, and, it's an intro type thing, right? Yeah, and I keep it short because number one, you don't want to, it's a small commitment. You want to make it a low bar for people to be able to be interested. Right. Uh, and then also for me, because I want to make sure that I'm speaking with people that are really interested. Um, I don't want to talk with people that are not that interested and want to talk about something else. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. So 15 so minutes is, yeah, it's not wasting a lot of your time if they're completely just lonely looking for, <laughs> looking for a new friend kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for the most part on LinkedIn, I haven't had that problem. It's most people are pretty professional um, because that's where they are, and it tends to be that way. Um, so let me let me do. let me ask you this, Sean, and uh, you're sure. you're an engineer, so you might actually know these numbers off the top of your head. But give or take, out of one hundred of these messages that you send, how many? Yeah, I'm kind of interested. People, do you get versus? Well, first of all, how many people accept your connection request yeah. and then how many of those turn into potential leads and how many of those turn into actual conversations? Yeah, I would say a large percentage accept my connection request. So maybe, I'd say probably maybe. 60% or 60%. something. Okay. Um, but then, you know, you probably only get out of a hundred, you probably only get five that say, yeah, I'm interested. And then you probably get two that might book appointments. Okay, good. Well, it's good to know. So, like I said earlier, you definitely have, it's a volume game. You definitely yeah. have to do a lot of them. And that's where I, I use other software, and, and you can get real complex with this. I use a software called Expandy, um, where it actually sends out these messages automatically for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that takes a lot of effort off of my plate. But, you know, for people beginning, maybe you don't do the automated approach. Maybe you just try it on your own and... Get the hang of it, see what messaging works, what doesn't. Okay, cool. So that's, and and how many, I don't know if it's like Facebook, where Facebook now, if you know, you send out too many friend requests or too many messages, it shuts you down kind of thing. Yeah. Is there a limit with LinkedIn or, or what are best yeah. practices for numbers there? Yeah, and LinkedIn, there is a limit. I, I'd have to look, actually in Expanded, we, you know, whoever created it was quite smart. They uh, we, Probably an engineer. Know, yeah, you, you can <laughs> throttle down the number of messages per day yeah. because we want to stay below whatever their cutoff is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I think it's like it might be under 100, maybe 100 messages mm-hmm. per day or something like that. Like that so yeah. my system sends out every day. It, it sets it hits the, the maximum what we can do and then but not go over it. Well, then that so with this automated system, how many conversations are you like, does it automate it all the way to the, would you like to book a call type thing? Uh, or is that, do you have to do that manually? No, it's automated. So in the messages, um, I, well, it is and it isn't like I have a virtual assistant that will, because sometimes people ask questions that are yeah. not expected. Right. Um, so I need a human to answer those um, until, until AI gets better and then maybe not, but yeah. Um, but for now, I have a virtual assistant that will respond to questions that I've already given him answers to. Yeah. Um, and so within that is, hey, here's my calendar link. Let's jump on a call for a quick Zoom. They fill it out, you know, on, on Calendly calendar. Um, and that's that's how we book them. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So then the nice thing is now they booked in on Calendly. So you've also captured their contact information off of 
LinkedIn. So if you've got their real email address, their real phone number, all that stuff uh-huh. for the Calendly call. And so basically with this lovely, mostly automated system, how many coffee meetings are you having per week? Um, it'll vary depending on, you know, what's yeah. going on, holidays and all that stuff. But I mean, I probably have three or four per week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty average. I mean, some weeks are more, some are less, but I'd say that's probably the average. You know what? Three or four coffee meetings with barely qualified prospective investors is a very productive use of your time, especially because you can, you can schedule that at whatever time's convenient for you open up your calendar for, for the times that work for you. Yeah. Uh, Are you open to an idea? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Here's something I think will work nicely for you in addition to everything you're doing. So, so those, um, you know, if you're getting 60 accepts friend of those hundred people that you reach out to a day, if you're getting 60 of those who accept, um, but basically 55 of them don't go beyond that. They don't do the, the interest thing or anything you could once or twice a week do a small group meeting, right? Sure. So this is what I, I did this and it worked reasonably well. I think it worked even better for you because you've got a pretty good volume here is where it basically just said, Hey, join me on Friday at whatever, 11 AM Eastern for a coffee and capital meeting. Okay. And then you, and then my deal was I would actually buy coffees on me. So when they attended the meeting, obviously they're on zoom, I'm on zoom. We can't get, but with, with they attended the meeting, I sent them a $5, uh, Starbucks coffee card. Oh, okay. Digitally. Yeah. So it's a, send them digitally, a little bribe there, but these are pretty good qualified leads, right? Sure. And then got them on the call and it was more of a group presentation. So more like what you would have been doing at Toastmasters talking about whatever you're up to with real estate investing. So just get a number of people uh, on the call. It's half an hour, really quick, right? And do your presentation, very high level, whatever it is that you're kind of talking about, big benefits, real estate, whatever, profit centers and multifamily, how the money's made, you know, the, the stuff that's going to go pow, grab people's attention, mm-hmm. do a short presentation on that, 15, 20 minutes, a little bit of Q&A, and then just encourage people to book the one-on-one calls from there. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely an option. I mean, we do We also have a, a follow-up you know, for anyone that doesn't respond immediately, we don't immediately jump that lead. We, we do follow up in Expandy for additional messages. And people do eventually, some of them eventually do book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think there's always room for adding another avenue to convert. You know? oh, it's just kind of fun because some what I found is sometimes people feel more comfortable doing a group thing yeah. versus a one-on-one call right off the get-go. So it's sure. kind of a... It, it and it really shows you who the who who the interested prospects are. But anyhow, just an idea for you. Might you might. Yeah, they, actually, I have. I, I forgot to mention the. I also have a pre-recorded um, video where I did kind of a webinar at one time, and it basically it's me walking through why multifamily, why you know what are we looking for, what what is an emerging market, what you know all these kinds of things, and I've when I have people book, I always send that link and say, Hey, check out this video before we jump on a call. 
so that they have some idea of what we're doing. And most of them do. Yeah, that's Um, really smart. So how long is that video? uh, It's like 30 minutes. Um, But I go into pretty, pretty serious detail on different things. And the nice thing is people that do view it, they have a pretty good handle on, you know, what we're doing and and they have a better um, direction on investments that they might want to do. So that's perfect. So you do, you could do exactly the same thing as your weekly capital and coffee meeting idea. Maybe shorten a little bit, leave a few minutes at the end for Q and a and in Mm -hmm. and out in half an hour. Yeah. That's, that's that's smart, my friend. Awesome. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your, your process for generating leads. I'm I'm sure that took a while to kind of get that dialed in and working nicely for you, but Hey, you know what? Even if let's say you're, you're averaging out uh, three meetings a week, well, that's, you know, that's 12 conversations, 12 to 15 conversations a month you're having with brand new prospective investors, uh, relationships that you're, you're kicking in. At what point do you add them to your newsletter list? At, I, I add them automatically as soon as they book the call. Um, so yeah. even if even if they disappeared, they'll still hear from me and they yeah. can still get the education that I send. Um, and then we can book another call some another time. Um, but mm-hmm. I always try to stay in contact as soon as I get their information and then they have the option, they can opt out or whatever at any time. Yeah. Um, but I like to provide that information to anyone that wants it. Yeah. Um, that's really, and, yeah. I, I like that. That's really smart. So, yeah. So then the other advantage of doing these small group things as well, once a week is that'll build up that list even faster. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've had people tell me, I mean, you get varying degrees of people saying, well, I'll send out a monthly newsletter, send out this or that. And I like the weekly thing because you got to keep and remember that people have to remember you, right? Yeah, for sure. And you might think, well, it's a, I gave them good information. They'll remember me. Yeah. They probably won't because yeah. people are busy. And so Plus, you how really many, how many to, emails do you get in your inbox every day, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. So you need <laughs> to stay top of mind with people. And so the consistency of the message is almost more important than the actual message. Than, the, um, than necessarily to, the quality of the message. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I try to make it good quality, but yeah. you know, but but it's that drip, drip, drip. You're always you know weekly showing up on their inbox. I get pushback sometimes from people that don't really understand this. But well, geez, if I email them to every week, that's too much. It's going to get overwhelming for people. Baloney. I mean, take a look at your inbox. How many how many emails do you get a day? It's yeah. kind of like the social media feed, right? If if it if the subject line doesn't grab their attention, they're going to ignore it anyhow. Yeah. That's just life. So they're only going to probably open one out of every four of your emails yeah. uh, if you're doing pretty well. So you're not overwhelming anybody. And I love what you said. Like, it's that consistency. And I preach this all the time too, Sean. It's like constant, consistent, edutaining communication. So constant is it's that it's that weekly drip. Like yours probably comes out say come hell or high water. When do you Same usually time. release yours? I use it usually on Tuesday around lunchtime. So Tuesday um, lunchtime. Yep. It's it's going to happen. You know more for you than anything, right? You yep. know it's going to happen. Yep. So that's that constancy thing. The consistency is you're always talking about the same major topic, right? So you tied in Rihanna and the Super Bowl with multifamily investing, because your thing is multifamily investing. So it's 
you're yeah. always keeping it kind of around that. So people know you as the multifamily guy, they associate you with apartment buildings. That's because that's what you want them to associate with you with. And then yeah. the edutaining there's Rihanna big picture of her, right? Bang. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's entertaining for sure. So that's yeah. off to you. That's, that is awesome, Sean. If people want to connect with you and perhaps uh, take you up on a coffee, uh, yeah. virtual coffee, how could they do that? Yeah. I mean, the best way, if you go to my website, which is buildwealthwithapartments.com, that's probably the best way. Or you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on there a lot too. Um, so if you message me or if you, uh, the best is really just go to the website and join our newsletter and then you'll start to hear from me and uh, we'll jump on a call. Awesome. Sean, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks very much for sharing your, your experience and your process. No problem. Thanks, Dave. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by MoneyPartnerFormula.com. Our Money Partner Formula service allows you to raise all the private capital you need to do all the deals you want while we handle the hard stuff. We offer reliable and affordable done-for-you marketing services that get you investor meetings booked without all the work. So go ahead and check out the website right now, and then feel free to schedule a call with me and let's take your portfolio to the next level. Again, that's moneypartnerformula.com. Watch Invest the Meetings pop up in your calendar. We handle the rest.